0: Hey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs and Locked On Grizzlies. That's right, Locked On Grizzlies is joining Locked On Spurs, and I will be joined shortly with Sean Coleman discussing your Spurs and his Grizzlies. So, what is the state of the Spurs? What is the state of the Grizzlies? What is going on with these two teams? And I'm pretty sure Spurs fans and Grizzlies fans will love to hear what the opposite end of the table thinks about your respective team. But without further ado, let's go ahead and bring on Sean. Sean, welcome to Locked On Spurs. And by the way, thank you for having me on Locked On Grizzlies.
1: Hey, I looked forward to the opportunity to get to reach out to you. I've followed you for years now, Jeff. You do great work. Obviously, it's a fun subject covering the Spurs. So it's a pleasure to, to be able to do this, uh, this uh, I guess, simulcast, for lack of a better word, with you. Thanks for having me on, sir.
0: Uh, Not a problem. And, uh, you you know, with the NBA in shutdown mode right now, we need to lean on each other a lot more in this age to think of topics, something to discuss about in a world without sports, let alone the NBA. So let's go and dive right into this, Sean. you, You look at the San Antonio Spurs and the Memphis Grizzlies, two teams that met many times. They're familiar with one another. But, Sean, when you look at the Spurs, what pops in your mind? What questions do you have about the guys in silver and black?
1: The first thing that pops into my mind is the question that I had wondered for years about two iconic sports figures, Greg Popovich and Bill Belichick. Are -hmm. they immortal? That's my question. Are they truly immortal? Are they gods walking among men? And what I mean by that is this, is that I, I, I feel as if, Popovich and, and Belichick, the reason I put those two together is because they just they they are clear, just sure. absolute icons within their profession. But I mention that because I think we are finally starting to see that I think that the Spurs run of contention probably ended in the 16 17 season. Mm-hmm. But now Popovich is kind of to the point to where with the current roster, you know, you've got some intriguing talent, but does he make the difference to truly make them a contender? I think the answer is no. And and I don't mean that as being insulting. He kept them as a contender with good talent and developing good talent for two decades. But that's the thing that jumps out at me. And when I look at the Grizzlies and the Spurs, I still think that the Spurs are the Spurs. People still respect them. Nobody really wants to face them. But when I look at the future of these teams, I never thought that I would say this. I thought less than a year ago that I would be saying, or didn't think a year ago I'd be saying this. I'm more excited about the potential future of the Grizzlies than the Spurs. With that being said, I think that the Spurs are a very intriguing team to watch because obviously you still have Popovich, you still have your front office, and you've got a lot of potential moves there to be made. So while the Spurs are not where they once were, and they do have you know the rebuild as clear as ever, I find it very intriguing to see how this front office and Popovich's staff how they face something they're not familiar with. And, and I think that it's going to be a very interesting topic over the next few years in the NBA. It,
0: it really is. And we'll jump on the Grizzlies in a few <laughs> short seconds, but to kind of address your statement on the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. I think this happens when you lose a generational player like Kawhi Leonard. Uh, it's Course. unfortunate the way things went between the Spurs and Leonard, but when you lose a player of that caliber, yeah. Uh, rebuild comes a lot faster than you would have hoped for. Uh, you just ask the Cavaliers when they lost LeBron James the first time, uh, how quick they sank in the uh, in the standings. Spurs fortunately didn't go that dramatic, but it's it's time. It's here. You don't have to even ask me. You can even ask Patty Mills. He uh, did a uh, interview with uh, the FM podcast and said it himself that this team is fully aware that that dynasty era is over. That uh, this team is fully aware that the process is about to begin faster than, um, than they thought it would be. So you're kind of banking on guys like DeJounte, Mary Lonnie Walker, Kelvin Johnson, Derek White, the future of DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Silver and Black, a lot of that. you know, I think those are the first two dominoes that got to fall, uh, DeMar and LaMarcus, what happens to them. Because if you look at this roster right now, in San Antonio, there is no franchise player. I hate to say it. There's not. There's not a TD yeah. Tim Duncan. There's not Kawhi Leonard. There's not David Robinson. There's not Iceman. You want to go further out? So the rebuild is here for San Antonio. They've gone to the playoffs for, what, two decades plus? If the NBA season resumes or when it resumes and if the Spurs are going to finish out their schedule, I just don't think they're going to make the postseason and that'll come to an end but as long as Popovich is on that sideline yeah you can't count them out and how much longer does he have in the tank? He's 71 years old. He's going to have to commit well he's going to coach the US men's Olympic team when the Olympics roll around. So you got to look at that. The future of the Spurs is is it's it's, it's time to look into it because there's Popovich, how much longer does he have? Does Becky take over? Is it somebody from the outside they bring in? You know, do they tank and get that high quality player like the Grizzlies when they have Jaw uh, Morant and of course uh, Jackson, by the way, whose father did play for the Spurs in 99 yeah. that play- run. but let's go to shift gears now to the uh, Grizzlies and I have a question for you regarding the Memphis Grizzlies right. is this Grizzlies team is on the other end of the spectrum. They're on the rise. they got young talent uh, before the NBA shut down, Memphis was on that 8th seed. They haven't. Do you feel that it's too soon for these young guys, or do you still feel that they're a player away, maybe a couple more seasons away from really being a legit team in the West, let alone the NBA?
1: I think that they definitely are still a year or two away. Um, When when you look at it, I think that one thing that benefited this team is the schedule that they had. I, I, I We've talked, we've heard about playing in games and all this different stuff, and people have brought up how easy the Grizzlies schedule have been and how hard it was going to be once the season was canceled. And I don't think that that overshadows the success of this team, but I think it does play a part in it. And so what I mean by that is, is that this Grizzlies team is still growing within itself, but we are seeing indicators, Jeff, that really, really excites me for the future. For instance, just like with the Spurs, the main question, the most important question, being how long does Popovich stay on? I think the central figure in all of this, or the Grizzlies beyond John Jaron, is Taylor Jenkins, a mm-hmm. Popovich her disciple. Um, mm-hmm. The best thing that the Grizzlies were able to do this year was develop their roster top to bottom. The biggest asset that the Grizzlies had that truly made them be able to grab the eighth spot in the playoffs and maintain it was their bench. It was the development of players like Dylan Brooks, uh, Josh Jackson. Um, the um, Anthony Melton, uh, Tyus Jones getting back on track, John Concher, you know, coming at, at the end before all the shutdown happened. But just um, in Jenkins' system, our team really being able to find all the players, developing them more than many thought, that has been to me the biggest revelation this year. So, yes, while I think they're year, they are a year or two away, I truly do feel with Jenkins and our front office in place, it really is encouraging to see that not only do I think we can reach the point of being a contender again faster than people thought, but maintaining it as well. And that brings me back to the Spurs with -hmm. with, with you, Jeff. One question before we head to break here. Do you feel, like I say, I think Popovich in the front office with the Spurs staying on is is a central key to their rebuild. But I don't mean to be facetious asking this question, Do you feel they need to stick on with the rebuild? Or do you feel that the Spurs, it may be time to have a top-to-bottom retooling, kind of like the Grizzlies did at the end of last season, from the front office down to the last guy on the roster. Do you think that that may be a reality for the Spurs over the next few years?
0: Well, the reality is already here. Uh, R.C. Buford has stepped away uh, from being the general manager of the team, and now it's Brian Wright. So they've already replaced him with younger blood in that position the next probably is going to be Popovich his future they're going to have to start thinking about that ASAP Uh, as mentioned before is it Becky Hammond Uh, do they bring somebody else from the outside in is it one of their assistants right now because I'll tell you this much it won't be Tim Duncan taking over his head coach that's for sure but uh the that top to bottom rebound rebuild excuse me has been kind of quiet you mentioned I mentioned Buford stepping aside to become the CEO of the organization. Wright comes in. It seems that Becky is being groomed. It's pointing that direction. So is that going to be the next step? And, of course, they're going to be in the draft lottery for some time. They're going to do it again this upcoming draft 2020. Uh, they're maybe not being in the top ten, but they're definitely getting 10 through 12 somewhere in there so there is another player they can get at as far as the player roster is concerned they're going to have to really think about getting higher picks or just stash picks or collect picks kind of like what oklahoma city's doing because i don't think san antonio is a top destination for main big key free agents the last one to do that was lamarcus aldridge and that was because the lakers whiffed on their uh pitch to him so you don't really see top tier top Cheese, big name free agents coming to San Antonio. So there's a lot clouded around the Spurs, but I think the best way to do it is the way they did it the first time through the draft. You drafted Tim Duncan, you know, so for the Spurs, you try to get his highest pick possible and get that type of player you build around. I don't look at this roster right now and say, there's a player you build around because that person's going to take you to the title. I don't see that right now. So you start building like that. So it's kind of been like a soft rebuild from top to bottom. You're seeing it right now in San Antonio. Hopefully it pans out as the future uh, rolls on because the Spurs team, yeah, enjoyed success for over two decades, but that time is slowly winding down. But hey, you know, Sean, how can we forget about Bilt Bar? I mean, Built Bar is perhaps, in my opinion, I don't know about you, Sean, but I I think I might know what your answer is
1: going to be. The best protein bars I ever tasted. What about you? Same here. And and the thing about it is is that when a lot of folks are listening to these podcasts, they're, what are they doing? They're working out. They're getting their start to mm-hmm. the day. Built Bar, it, it, it's separate from a lot of other protein bars. A lot of other protein bars, they're going to focus on one thing, either being healthy or being tasty. Built Bar had a wonderful combination to do both. And Jeff, I know that you you said you need to stash up again, right? Yeah, I ran out. I
0: completely ran <laughs> out of bill Bar. Um, I went through them so fast. Why? Because th- they really taste like candy. They don't taste like uh, a protein bar that you would get, you know, at your corner store or you know, something chalky and brittle and kind of breaks up into pieces. It felt like you're just eating it a nice treat. And, you know, my one of my favorite flavors was the mint chocolate. Loved it. But you'll probably love more the fact that it's packed with protein, beats out the competition, you know who is cliff bar there's no you, know, you don't need a cliff bar you need a build bar so i urge everybody to go to builtbar.com use promo code locked on to get yourself 10 bucks off your first purchase of a box of the built bars and that's l- promo code locked on builtbar.com and you can follow them on twitter at bar underscore built to find out what the latest and greatest is about built bar but when sean and i get back we're going to put a wrap on this episode of Lockdown Spurs and Grizzlies and discuss more about the future of the two teams and maybe kind of peek into the divisional rivals. We are back. And by we, I mean Locked On Spurs and Locked On Grizzlies. Sean Coleman is here from Locked On Grizzlies. And of course, I am Jeff Garcia. So subscribe to both podcasts wherever you find your favorite podcast. So Sean, you look at the Spurs and Grizzlies, let's face it.
1: These two teams are in a tough division, aren't they? They, they absolutely are. It, 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 it's That's the thing about it. No, no one expected for, for a while there in the, in the middle of last decade. The Southwest Division was one of the deepest divisions out there. Nobody expected for it to get back to that place so quickly, but here we are.
0: Uh, I, it's amazing. You know, from the Spurs, we can never count out as long as Pop is there and the Spurs being that Spurs. And, of course, the Grizzlies <laughs> on the rise. You've got – The Pelicans, Zion, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. You got Luka Doncic and Porzingis in Dallas. You got Houston stacked with uh, Westbrook and Harden. And my goodness, it's it's.
1: Could we say the Spurs and the Grizzlies are in the toughest division in the league? I think so, and, and and the reason that I say that is because you may not have – I mean, you've got superstars on the on the Rockets. You may not have multiple teams with superstars, but I find it hard to believe that there's a division out there that has as many potential superstars, um, at least over the past two seasons. The 2018-2019 drafts, they were a, a turning point for a lot of teams, and the teams that have been most successful over those past two drafts, I would say – Right up there are the Mavericks, the Pelicans, and the Grizzlies. But my question to you is this, Jeff. I I use the word old guard out of respect. Obviously, Mm -hmm. the Spurs will rise again one day, obviously. But when you – obviously, probably over the next two years, the Rockets are going to be the cream of the crop with Harden and Russ. But when you truly look at the cores that are there with the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, and the Mavericks – who I guess either concerns you as a Spurs fan more, or who do you think truly has the pieces in place to be a title contender? Maybe the fastest and also stay a contender mm. for the longest. The Mavs, the Pelicans, and the Grizzlies.
0: Ooh, that is a tough question. You look at you look at the sexy pick, which is the Pelicans because of Zion yeah. and and Ball and Ingram and Hart. Uh, they're they're loaded. Uh, their future is a lot brighter, maybe, I guess I could say, as of right now, currently, as constructed. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, this team could blow up. But as of right now, they got a brighter future. You look at Dallas. Dallas has a proven player in the league, poor Zing. Sure, he's been banged up. But, hey, you know, he's still poor Zing. he going to give you double-doubles every night. You got Luka. I mean, the kid is just phenomenal. It's a tough question because... Both teams, I'm just going to be. I'll get to the Grizzlies in a second. They're more ready made right now than the Spurs and Memphis. Uh, Houston is there, but you know, if we're picking between Dallas and Pelicans and Grizzlies in order, I would say Dallas is probably on track. Why? Because they have that coach, uh, George Carlisle, on the the sidelines. I think that's a big X factor there. And then after that, I would. Man, that's rough between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. I'd probably go Pelicans. Sorry. Uh, just because no. they're, you know, they, they got a lot more talent that can develop a little bit faster. And you got a guy like Zion on board, I mean, that's, that's, he's a big boy. That's a load right there. And he's going to get you some W's. Not far behind that is Memphis. But with Memphis, though, I think they got to do it right. I think yes. what they might need is a good, solid veteran on that club. Not one who's past his prime, not one who's just barely entering his prime. I'm talking about the thick of things already in his prime to really give them that third option right now because Ja, ja is the first option. Jackson is there. I don't I don't see it beyond that unless I'm missing somebody on the roster. There's, I think there's got to be a third guy, and I think that will push Memphis maybe even past the Pelicans.
1: And I agree with you. I think when you look in terms of the best – the best singular talent, it's Luka. Um, and then after that, it, it's Zion. And that's the one thing that the Grizzlies don't have. They don't. When you look at these two, past two drafts, I think that you could easily sit there and put Zion, Luka, and Ja as as, as the three best talents to this point out on, on that, and probably Trey as well. But I think that Dallas probably has coaching uh, uh, singular player-wise. I put him at the top of the list. You can't beat the Pelicans' depth. I, I think that at the end of the day, one of the reasons they are more ready-made, I think the Pelicans are more talented than the Grizzlies. But I do think that an X factor, um, kind of like um, you know who can develop for the Pelicans to support Ingram if he stays there long-term, mm-hmm. and Zion, it could be bought, it could be others. I think the Grizzlies, the X factor, again, comes back to Taylor Jenkins and his ability mm-hmm. to develop players top to bottom. But Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark, I feel, is a big, big right. X factor for the Grizzlies. Yes. When he plays, he plays off the bench. And with Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson here, I think that him coming off the bench remains ideal. But when he comes in the game, I did an article over um, at Grizzlies Bear Blues, a blog site that I write for. It was amazing to see how he compared to the likes on a per-36-minute basis of the Porzingis, um, of the Pascal Siakams, Damanis Savonis, mm-hmm. these, these recent young guys who developed faster than anybody expected to became All-Stars. He plays like that when he's on the floor. So if he continues to play like that, I think the Grizzlies may have the best trio out of the bunch. But all in all, I do agree with you. I would probably put the Mavericks first, Pelicans second, and Grizzlies third at this moment because I do agree the Grizzlies do have to find a couple of other pieces while maintaining their depth to really emerge as a contender in the West.
0: Absolutely. you know I can't believe I forgot about Clark uh, because he's a name that a lot of Spurs fans bring up As what could have been, you know, a lot of Spurs fans were kind of hoping the Spurs would get him, you know, and and they went with Cody Johnson, not a bad pick, or they went with Lucas Amanich, fine, but Clark is somebody that the Spurs fan base really wished that was wearing silver and black, and yeah, he's he's an exciting kid, and it's only he's only getting better as a season as his experience rolls on. Now, when I look at the Grizzlies, though, and you kind of you know took uh, a little bit of the uh, steam here but i got to ask a little bit more about it jenkins i it just he's not proven yet and i think i need to see if he can get these guys together if he can put them in that pressure cooker situation like right now as we stand right now the memphis Grizzlies are the number 8 seed as the playoffs are to start right now they're taking on the lakers wow what a quick way to learn on the fly but if jenkins can get these kids to maybe win one or two. I think that'll be huge for him. Building
1: confidence with him, with the players, and vice versa. Sean? No, I agree completely. And I I think that what what really made the difference for Jenkins is the front office support and the Grizzlies' approach toward things. The Grizzlies, in my opinion, probably have, between their front office and head coach, they probably have – basketball as being as least part of their background as possible. These are a bunch of guys who were more business-oriented growing up. Yeah, they had involvement with basketball. But like, for instance, Jenkins, he didn't really have a basketball background. He came on under Popovich. I know he coached y'all's G League team, and then he was a Budenholzer assistant for five or six years. But the thing about it is this, is you're exactly right. Getting the kids together and allowing for them to not, you know, the situation's not too big, winning a game or two, but I think that that's the big key that Jenkins is showing the ability to do like Popovich has perfected and Budenholzer has done well between the Hawks and the Bucks he's convinced his players to play within his system. He has convinced the players that he has the knowledge to where if they trust him and trust how he utilizes them, which is a work in progress in his system, he will be able to elevate their games. And you can't argue against the results. I mean, I don't know, you know, if Dylan Brooks thinking he would come off of an injury last year that took away eight, over 80% of his season that, you know, within 3 months of him being, you know, healthy and back again with the Grizzlies, he be agreeing to a three-year $35 million extension. It's Mm -hmm. that type of benefit that Jenkins has added to our players' current, present, and future. Look at uh, DeAnthony Melton, his payday is coming up. So Jenkins has not only showed that he can be successful with the team that he has, but he's truly shown these players, if you trust in me, I'm going to elevate your career. I think that has been established. And as long as he can maintain that with John, Jaron, and Clark, we can add pieces or maintain pieces that really can continue developing to making us a contender. Well, that's, that, that's a really bummer for the Spurs fans that are
0: listening right now because <laughs> it's bad enough that deal with the Pelicans and the Rockets and the Mavs. you got the Grizzlies on the rise too and while well, the Spurs are searching for an identity. And I think that's the thing right now. The Spurs don't have that guy that's going to give them that identity. Tim Duncan gave you that identity. Manu and Tony, that identity. Kawhi, at least it was for a hot second, was about to give you that identity until things went south. Um, and other Spurs are kind of searching right now, looking for answers.
1: So the biggest well, question Jeff- I mentioned, yeah, DeMar DeRozan, what's going to happen with him? That was a question I was actually going to ask yeah. you, and one that I, I think identity is, is a big, good way of putting it. The Spurs are in a very interesting position as far as a rebuild goes, but you mentioned it yourself, and I find this very intriguing. I hope it happens for the significance that would come from it. But looking at the rebuild, looking at it being a pivotal spot in the history of the franchise, looking at Becky Hammond as Popovich's potential successor— I just want to get your thoughts on that. You know, obviously the advancement of women in the men's game, men's Mm -hmm. game, and things such as that—that certainly uh, is the focus here. But that's not all that it's about. It's also about the fact that Becky Hammond has proven herself to legitimately be a difference-making coach, in my opinion, for the Spurs. But your thought about all of the different narratives and the potential significance of her taking on this job and that coinciding with the rebuild for the Spurs. Do you think it's the best move, and do you feel that the structure will be there to certainly make her as successful as we all hope she would be?
0: Yeah, I think the structure is there. The foundation is there for her. Uh, To me, it's a no-brainer if Pop were to announce after this recording that he's done then logically you would go to Becky. She has that experience in that Spurs system. She knows uh, Pop's tendencies. She knows what works, what doesn't work with the players. Uh, she started off as an intern with the Spurs, so it, it goes deep with her. She she knows her stuff. Uh, it was proven in the Summer League when she led uh, the Spurs Summer League team to a Summer League title. And I get it. It's a Summer League, okay, but it's still an accomplishment nevertheless. And... It, it, to me, it makes all the sense. The players have accepted her. The players don't have an issue with her being female. There's nothing like that. Uh, they look at her just another coach, and she's earned their trust. Uh, if you look at the sidelines during the game before the shutdown, she was very vocal. She was the one who convinced Popovich to call the review, hit that green light uh, yes. in a critical call and a critical play, excuse me, and it worked. And the Spurs got uh, a W because of that. So it's, it's time. I, I believe it's time for her to get it if a pop decides to walk away. We, we don't know. He will leave when he's ready. And right now, there's no indication that he's walking away anytime soon, but the clock is ticking on him. You know, age is a factor. How much longer can he do this? The Olympics are on the, on the horizon for him. And, it, and if you look at, if you just read the tea leaves, you can see that the Spurs are definitely pushing kind of their younger crew out there. Uh, they had Brian Wright, the new GM, do uh, a conference in San Antonio regarding the youth of San Antonio. Okay, there's check. You look at their social media; they're pushing your Kelvin Johnsons, your Lonnie Walkers, your Lucas Amontages. You know, shows about them. Uh, if you look at Becky, you know, Becky seems to be the next one. Seemingly, we don't know. Uh, so that change and shift is, is happening as we speak. Uh, so it's interesting because I thought, you know, i never see the day where the Spurs are going to have to rebuild. And here it is. And it came a lot sooner than expected because of Kawhi. But it's here, and I think the Spurs will do a good job with that. Uh, you know, one more question before we put a wrap on this uh, joint venture here between Lockdown Spurs and Grizzlies. Uh, obviously the spurs are in rebuild mode we we get that they don't want to admit it but they we, we all see it the Grizzlies do you foresee them being a contender sooner than later and what is it going to take for them to make it sooner
1: than later I'm In all honesty, I truly feel as if the Grizzlies may actually take a step back next year. And that is both a positive. I think that's only a positive. And the reason I say that is because a lot of things have kind of helped out the Grizzlies this year. Injuries to other teams, um, you know, uh, other teams kind of being in a position to where they didn't know whether they were rebuilding or not, kind of like the Spurs, things such as that. But I, I could see the Grizzlies kind of taking a step back next year, um, just simply because, um, you know, other teams are going to get healthier. Zion probably will be around for a full season in the Southwest Division. Other Western contenders may be able to add – plus the Grizzlies themselves, they they are what they are. I, I don't really – there has been discussion about like a, a Bradley Bill, Devin Booker, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe Buddy Hyde. Buddy Hyde, I'd love um, as a realistic trade candidate. But unless they go out and make that type of trade, which I, I don't think the Grizzlies feel the pressure of needing to accelerate things that much, I think that it's going to still be two to three years from now before mm-hmm. they're really – the best, the next step for me, besides making the playoffs, hosting a playoff series. I think mm-hmm. the Grizzlies are still two or three years away from doing that. I think we could maybe in the 21-22 season. But overall, I do think it's a step away. And I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't make the playoffs next year because we do have the team that we have in place. And we need for our team to be healthy to take on a more tough schedule, need to see what Justice Winslow is going to be able to do, and and how um, the next step would be there. Can Clark maintain his efficiency? Can Jaw and Jaron continue to develop? So I think that it's still a couple of years away. But overall, I do I do think that the Grizzlies long term are, are certainly in a much better place to not only achieve. The role of a contender, but maintain it. That's what's most encouraging to me from this year. I think we have the pieces in place to, once we get there, we can maintain it. Hopefully for two decades, like your Spurs. Is it wrong for me to say I hope that doesn't happen? Simply because
0: I'm with the Spurs right now, so that is, that, that <laughs> is wrong for you to say. You're not allowed to say that, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, you know the Spurs and Grizzlies will definitely see each other. Uh, More often than not, whenever the season does resume, uh, they play in the same division. And this division is tough. It really is tough. Say what you will about the Lakers and the Clippers, but this division, the Southwest division is rough. And the Spurs and Grizzlies will definitely battle. Before we put a wrap on this episode of Locked on Spurs and Grizzlies, let me quickly remind you about Blinkist. Blinkist is a really unique, app that you can use on your phone. And it's one of the most ultimate life hacks. No, you're asking, what is Blinkist? Well, it's an app. And what it does, it takes away the need to know information from about thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes you can listen to, read whenever you want. Like you're riding a bike, on the treadmill, working out, right home, in the quarantine. Blinkist just gives you the need to know information from thousands of thousand nonfiction books such as psychology, biography, career success, uh, and even in sports in the book by Jeff Benedict on Tiger Woods. It's all there for you. Now, what you want to do is go to Blinkist.com. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T.com com slash NBA and start your free seven day trial and you get 25% off your new subscription. Once again, go to Blinkist.com slash NBA, in case you need the spelling again, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash NBA, free seven-day trial, 25% off your new subscription. Sean, it's a pleasure. Hopefully, uh, the NBA season will resume, and my Spurs and your Grizzlies can battle just for a few more games, and hopefully, at the end of the day, it'll be the Spurs at the A seed and not your Grizzlies. (laughs)
1: Well, I'm going to take all this negative energy and just compartmentalize it. But Jeff, uh, I will say, a- absolute honor to have uh, shared shared an episode with you. look forward yes. to doing it again. And I wish you and your family all the safety and, and best of health and luck uh, throughout all of the uh, remaining uh, journey that is a uh, quarantine time here exactly. in 2020. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, you know, for those that are listening right now, I'm kidding, Sean. Don't
0: take the seriously. <laughs> We're playing right now, okay? I've had <laughs> listeners tell me, like, why are you so mean? I wasn't being mean. I was being playful. That's all. But, no, I wish your Grizzlies the best of luck. Uh, the Grizzlies likely, hopefully, for your sake and your, your fan base, will get that eighth seed and have to deal with the Lakers in that opening round. And best of luck to you. And, of course, you know, Spurs fans just cheer on the Grizzlies. got Tyler Jenkins there, a former Spur guy there. So it makes all the sense to me. So for Sean Coleman, and don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Grizzlies, where we get your favorite podcasts. And subscribe to the rest of the Locked On NBA Network shows, such as Grizzlies, Spurs, Locked On Celtics, and Mavericks, Bulls. We're all there, well-represented. Pick a platform. Sean knows this. Seriously, pick any platform where the podcasts are. And a Locked On NBA or NFL or whatever will be there ready for you to subscribe. And when you're there, give Locked On Grizzlies a good subscription, good review. I know Sean and Mark will definitely appreciate it. So for Sean Coleman, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lot on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies and Spurs.